pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means. We have the privilege of worshiping Yahweh our God. For he is our creator and we belong to him. We are the people of his pleasure. You can pass through his open gates with the password of praise. Come right into his presence with thanksgiving. Come, bring your thank offering to him and affectionately bless his beautiful name. For Yahweh is always good and ready to receive you. He's so loving that it will amaze you, so kind that it will astound you, and he is famous for his faithfulness towards all. Everyone knows our God can be trusted, for he keeps his promises to every generation. Lift up a great shout of joy to Yahweh. Go ahead and do it, everyone, everywhere. Worship Yahweh with gladness. Sing your way into his presence with joy. And realize what this really means.
the Victor Christian Fellowship. We are very glad that you are here tonight. God is glad this is his house, amen, and uh, he has welcomed us into his house. And Lord, we give you thanks and praise. We exalt you, Father. We bless the Lord. We praise the name of Jesus. You're the highest name. You have all the authority and all the power, and Lord, you delegated your authority to us. So we bless you tonight and exalt you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
thanks and praise, Lord, for manifesting yourself, your glory, your power, your strength, your peace, your provision, your miracle, wonder-working power. Oh, we give you thanks and praise, Lord, that there is power in this house. There's power in this place. Because this is your house. This is your place. We are your people. We are the sheep of your pasture. You are our God. Our mighty God. The almighty God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for being here, your dwelling place. And thank you, Lord, for speaking to us. Don't concern yourself with mysteries or things you may not understand. For look to me, for I will give you understanding. I will illuminate your eyes. And I will give you insights. For my spirits will reveal truth to you. He will lead, guide, and direct you. So don't concern yourself with what you don't know. Just look to me. And to you, I will show it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Were you excited to be here tonight? Did you come expecting tonight? Amen. Hello, everybody. Okay. We got some announcements. Are you ready? First announcement. It's Wednesday night refreshing, in case you didn't know. (laughs) And we are ready to be refreshed by the presence of the Lord. Amen? Okay, tomorrow is the 25th, and it is Bible Adventure because it's Thursday. So third through fifth graders here from the um, elementary schools and have an hour of time here at church, which is awesome. Then this Saturday... There are two things happening.
Amen. A lot of good things happening. All week long. Hallelujah. Well, we are glad that you're here tonight. I don't see any kids. We don't have any kids, do we? All right. Yeah, they graduated. Our kids became youth. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your holy written word and your Holy Spirit. And Lord, they work together to produce life and life more abundantly. And we give you thanks and praise, Father, for your presence and your power here. And Lord, we honor and bless you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Of course, uh, if you'd like to give, you can give any time during our service. If you're watching online, you can give through our website. You all know the ways in which to give, and you guys are awesome givers. And so, Father, I bless the givers and the gifts that your people bring to build your kingdom. And, Lord, we give you thanks and praise that you are a rewarder of them that diligently seek you, and we bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how many want to make something new tonight? You know, your faith is amazing, and with our faith, we can make something new. Amen? Amen. And uh, when you came into the kingdom... I don't know about, if, if you're like me, I didn't know anything about the kingdom when I got into the kingdom. I didn't know how it worked, how it functioned, what it was all about, amen? But God gave me a manual called the Bible, and uh, we can constantly make things new. All right, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 12. This, uh, the Holy Ghost wouldn't let me let go of the scripture today. I tried. <laughs> but this just was in the forefront of my heart. And uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I'm going to read it from a couple different translations. I'll read it from King James first. Romans 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know, God wants you to prove his will, which is good, acceptable, and perfect. Amen? Here is the Passion Translation. Beloved uh, friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourselves to God, be his sacred living sacrifice. Live in holiness, experiencing all his delights, all that delights his heart. 
for this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total uh, reformation of how you think. Glory to God. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I want to read this from the J.B. Phillips translation. He only translated the New Testament. It's the J.B. Phillips translation. With With eyes wide open to the mercies of God, I beg you, my brothers, as an act of intelligent worship, to give your bodies a living sacrifice, consecrated to him and acceptable by him. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. But let God remold you, let God remold your minds from within. That you may prove in practice that the plan of God for you is good, meets all his demands, moves towards the goal of true maturity. Alright? So, we're going to focus on this scripture tonight for our Wednesday night refreshing. Amen. When you got born again, your spirit was made new. You had the sin nature removed and you had God's nature put in and you were brand new spiritually. But then we still live in a body and we still have a mind. And so we have to subdue our bodies and we have to renew our minds. Because we're going to make something new tonight. Amen? God wants you to think like him. Did you know that God has enabled you to think like him? How does God think? He thinks big. He thinks good. He thinks true. He thinks honest. He thinks just. He thinks ahead. Amen? And if we want to be like him, which we can be, we have to renew our minds. So the first step in renewing your minds is you have to present your body a living sacrifice. Say living. Aren't you glad that God doesn't want you to be a dead sacrifice? Amen? Back in, in, in the Old Testament, they had to take different animals or different things, and they had to sacrifice them on the altar. And there was different offerings, peace offerings, wave offerings, sin offerings, all kinds of offerings. And they had to kill the animal, and, uh, you know, they would present that on the altar and... Uh, Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Did you know that your body is an instrument? Your body is a tool. It can be used for good or it can be used for evil. Right? And we have to present our bodies to God. What does it mean to present your body? You give God your best. You give God your best. There was a woman who 
came to Jesus. Jesus was actually having dinner at the house of a Pharisee. And this woman heard that Jesus was going to be there. So she came to where Jesus was. Now this woman was a sinner. She don't know what she did, but she lived a a bad life. But how many know she wanted to change? And so she went to Jesus to change her life. And in doing so, she brought the best that she had. An alabaster box of ointment. Some translations say it was worth a year's wage. And she came, she stood behind Jesus, her emotions started to flow, she cried, she wiped, she let her tears fall on his feet. See, she she stood in a place of submission. She stood in a place recognizing that he is Lord, that he is the only answer, that he is the only one that can bring change to her life. Because she was bound by the sin that she was in. When you participate with sin, you will not win. But only Jesus can free you. And there she let her tears fall on his feet. She wiped his feet with her hair. And she broke open that box. That costly, valuable ointment that she had. And she poured it on him. And the place had an aroma to it. And she did not leave there a sinner. She left forgiven and free. Because Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Now everybody else knew that she was a sinner. But in that moment and in that instance, she presented the best that she had to Jesus. And she got a, a greater reward. She brought her sin to Jesus and she left free of her guilt, shame, and condemnation. Hallelujah. Go with me to Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. Everybody say, I need to present my body. Who do you present it to? You present it to God. You've got to take your body and you've got to give your body to God. Why? He gave his body for us. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins. What did Jesus do? I mean, God the Father. What did he do? He presented his only son to take away our sins. He who gave himself for our sins. That he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. (laughs) So God presented Jesus for us, so why shouldn't we present us to Jesus? Why shouldn't we present our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God? The Bible says it's our reasonable service. It's not unreasonable. God is not asking something that's unreasonable. Mm-mm-mm. Jesus was in a garden. He was about to be crucified. 
He was about to be separated from his father. Do you know Jesus was never separated from his father until he was on the cross? And when he took all the sin of the world on himself, the Bible says God turned his back in that one moment. In that one moment, Jesus, for the first time ever, was separated from his father because he became the sin. He who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. And he was in that garden, right? And he was praying. He said, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus, he was, he, his flesh was fighting. His spirit was fighting. Everything was fighting. He said, if there's another way. And Luke, the physician, he's the only one. He described that it was so intense that his sweat became like blood, drops of blood. That's how intense it was. But yet, what did Jesus do? He prayed the prayer of consecration, dedication, and commitment. That's the only time he said, not my will. When he presented his will to God. He said, I'm going to do what you want, Father, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. I'm going to do your will. He presented himself as a sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is his reasonable service. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, you can't follow Jesus unless you take up a cross. Does that mean take up two wooden beams? No. Everyone's cross is your call. Have you taken up your cross? Have you taken up your call? Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself. You got to pick up your cross and you got to follow me. Amen? Everyone who follows Jesus has a cross. My cross is to preach the gospel. Amen? You know, I preach even when I don't want to preach. I show up when I don't want to show up. Oh, pastor don't want to show up. No, that's just the flesh talking. I don't listen to what my flesh says when it, you know, in that area. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. How do we present our bodies? A living sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. You know, people want an easy gospel. One that doesn't cost them anything. But let me tell you something. Just because someone paid your debt doesn't mean it's not going to cost you something. It'll cost you some time. It'll cost you some dreams. Amen? Because sometimes people have dreams that are different than what God dreams. And one's got to give up. Amen? But I guarantee you that when you follow God's dream, you'll be the happiest person ever. God's dream can't compare to your dream. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Everybody say the truth is in Jesus. You're not going to find the truth anywhere else other than Jesus. 
So if you want the truth, you got to go to Jesus. All right? That you put off concerning the former conversation. That word conversation is lifestyle. The old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new man. How many likes to wear clean clothes? Amen? Old clothes that are nasty and dirty, they don't smell too good. You ever had pants that could stand up by themselves? Put them in the washer. Why would God tell us to put on a new man if we couldn't? See, God, God made us a new man on the inside, but we've got to put him on on the outside. We've got to take the change that happened on the inside and make it our behavior. Make it, uh, put it on the outside. And then put on the new man. In other words, we've got to live like Jesus on the outside like we do on the inside. Amen? Put out, verse 24, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Say, I'm righteous and I'm holy. True holiness. Who's the pattern of true holiness? Jesus. You've been made just like Jesus. You've been made as holy as Jesus is. Why? He made you that way. True holiness. Not some facade, not some made-up holiness, not some wannabe holiness, some true, genuine, real holiness. Amen? Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Present your body a living sacrifice. Why? That's going to help us renew our minds. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 7. 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 7. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. See, I've been called to holiness. We have been called by God to live a holy life, a clean life, a right with God life. You're not so much supposed to avoid. Listen, if you just be like Jesus, you can avoid sin, no problem. Live like Jesus wants you to live. Live like he called us to live. Live like he wrote it in his word. Live like he lived. Why do you think he lived 33 and a half years on this earth? He showed us how to live holy as a created being. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Did you know Ephesians 1, 4, you don't have to turn it. Let me, let me just read it. He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world so that we would be holy. Say, so he chose me. To be holy. Yes. God chose you to be holy. Amen? And if you roll around on the floor, you can be a holy roller. Hallelujah. He, first Peter wrote by the Holy Ghost in First Peter 1.16 says, It is written, You shall be holy, for I am holy. So what's our standard of holiness? It's Jesus. Amen? All right, let's go back to Romans 12. Hallelujah. We're being refreshed tonight. 
there's more than one refreshing because there's times of refreshing. You know, someone can come in here dirty, but they can leave clean. This is a saint laundering facility. And what detergent do you use? We use the Crimson Tide. It washes you white as snow. It removes every stain, takes out the odor. We wash you with the water of the word, right? And in praise and worship, if you get excited, you could do the spin cycle. <laughs> we, need, we need to put some more saints in the spin cycle, I see. <laughs> A holy life flows out of a living sacrifice. Holiness requires sacrifice. Have you ever had a moment where you knew you had to do something, but you didn't want to get up to do it? I know none of us ever had that here. (laughs) But we have the ability... To override the things we don't want to do. Because we serve God. And with God, we can do twice as much as what we could do without God. Because Jesus said, if someone asks you for your coat, give them your cloak too. If someone asks you to go to a mile, go, go two miles. You can do more with Christ than you can without Christ. Amen? So, present yourself to God. You've got to crucify the flesh so that you can develop a strong spirit. How many have ever fed a stray animal? You know, the more you feed a stray animal, the more it's going to come around. Right? You know, that, that mangy cat just keeps coming. Yeah, because you keep feeding it. Guess what? Whether your flesh is stronger or your spirit is stronger depends on what you've been feeding more. What you've been exercising more. It's amazing, you know, our culture is designed to prop up the flesh. But we need to be designed to be propping up our spirits. You know what? Your spirit doesn't need Botox. Your spirit just needs the milk of the word to grow thereby. But we, we invest more, and I'm, not, I'm just saying we in general. I'm not saying you specifically. I'm just saying people in general spend more on developing their bodies, and they spend very little developing their spirits. But when trouble comes... You're going to want to have a stronger spirit than a stronger body. Yes. Amen? Amen? So uh, go to Romans 6 for a minute. Romans 6 and verse 13. He's helping us to present our bodies a living sacrifice. 
Romans 6, 13. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Don't use your mouth for gossiping or backbiting. Don't use your ears as trash bins. Don't use your eyes to fill the lust of the heart or the flesh. Don't yield your members as unrighteousness but unto sin. But, everybody say but. You have an alternative. Amen? When you get Jesus, you get choices. But yield yourselves unto God. See, I need to yield myself to God. What does that mean? God's moving. You need to stop what you're doing and get on what God's doing. Or you're going to miss his move. Do you know, just because you don't participate in God's move, it doesn't stop God from moving. God will move right by you. You'd be like, oh, what was that? Where'd it go? See, but you got to yield to God. Yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. Have you been made alive from the dead? You know, when, 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 uh, when the people came to Jesus' tomb, right, they were looking for Jesus. The angel said, why are you looking for the living among the dead? Living people don't hang around the dead things. Amen. And we've been delivered from dead works. Our, cl- our conscience is cleansed from dead works. Hallelujah. We don't hang around dead things. We're, we're not part of a dead church. We don't serve a dead God. He's alive forevermore. We've got to start acting like he's alive. Listen, yeah, there are places where there's the frozen chosen. But I don't really care. I care about what God, where God is. You know, the closer you stay to the fire, the warmer you are. But you know, the further you get away from the fire, the colder you get. You know, God wants us hot or cold, but he certainly doesn't want you lukewarm. He doesn't want you blending in. See, uh, lukewarm is you're in an atmosphere and you can't tell any difference. You're in an atmosphere, you can't tell if you're the world or if you're God. Why? Because you blend it in. And, and it, God says, if you're lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. God wants you hot or he wants you cold. But don't be lukewarm. Blah. Lukewarm. <laughs> Holy Spirit, you're bringing some things out of here. Look at verse 14. Sin shall not have dominion over you. The excuse that you couldn't help it is no longer valid. Say, I'm not under sin's dominion. For you are not under the law, but under grace. Does that mean because you're under grace, you can just do what you want to do? No. Shall we sin because we're not under the law but under grace? God forbid. I like how he answers the question and he gives you the answer. Amen? 
Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servant to obey, his servants you are to whom you obey. If you yield yourself to fleshly things, you're gonna, the flesh then is your master. And you can't present yourself unto God holy and acceptable. Amen? Verse 17, but God be thanked that you were, you were servants of sin, but you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being made free from sin, you became servants of righteousness. Glory to God. You've upgraded from sin to righteousness. Amen? Hallelujah. Your body is for the Lord. Whose temple is your body? God bought the rights to you. He didn't use gold. He didn't use silver. He used something far more valuable, his blood. But his blood was unique. It was free from sin. It was spotless. It was pure. It wasn't tainted. It was God's blood that was shed for you. That's why it has power to cleanse. That's why it's more valuable than gold or silver. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 7 1. 2 Corinthians 7 1. What are we doing? We're presenting our bodies. Why? So that we can renew our minds. Okay? 2 Corinthians 7 1. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves. From all filthiness and the of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. We take the promises and we cleanse ourselves. Amen? What am I doing? I'm washing myself in the word. Glory to God. Didn't he say we have these promises and we cleanse ourselves? Hallelujah. All right, let's go back to Romans 12. Are you glad you came tonight? Romans 12, verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, this world system. Don't pattern your life after this world. Don't follow its model. Why do you want to be like the world? Everyone in the world is headed for a dead end. Would you rather be like the world or would you rather be like the one who made the world? I want to be like the one who made the world. Amen? Do not be conformed to this world. Don't, be, don't identify with this world. We're in the world, but we are not of it. Why? We came from a different source. Amen? Don't assume its outward form. Don't follow the same pattern or the model or the mold. That's what it means to not be conformed. All right, if we're not to be conformed to the world, who are we to be conformed by? Glad you asked. Go to Romans 8. Romans 8, verse 29. 
Glory to God. We're, we're about to make something new tonight. You know, God wants to give you a new picture of who you are. Stop identifying with the sick. Start identifying with the healed. What does that mean? Talk healing. Talk health. Walk around your house. If, you're, if, if your body is sick, walk around your house and say, Lord, I thank you that by your stripes I am healed. By your stripes I am healed. Lord, thank you. I am. By your stripes I am healed. What am I doing? I'm, I'm using the word of God to redefine my situation. If, if all you're talking is sickness and pain, that's because that's the only picture you have. You've got to change the picture. Amen? Amen. Let me, okay, I'll, I'll do that, yeah. How many know the story of Elijah? God promised, you know, he was the one who stopped rain for three and a half years. And he had a scriptural evidence to do that according to Deuteronomy 11. I'm not going to get into that, but he had scriptural evidence. He went before the king and he said, it's not going to rain except at my word. And for three and a half years, no rain fell in that region. Okay? God took care of Elijah in a famine. If God can take care of Elijah in a famine, he can take care of you in a famine. Famines are nothing to God. God can get what he need, what you need from him if you just listen to him. If you just do what you, he tells you to do. If you're not conformed to the famine, but you're conformed to provision. Say, I'm not conformed to famine. I'm conformed to provision. So, God said, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. Say, God set Elijah up. Because where he was, the brook dried, telling him that the brook is not his source. That was just an avenue that God used. You don't put your trust in the brook. You put your trust in God. And the brook dried up. Well, God's got another source, another avenue, right? So he goes to Zarephath, and this is found in 1 Kings 17. And he sees a widow gathering sticks. Now, mind you, I don't know how far into the famine they are. It's probably several months because it takes probably a couple months for a brook to dry up. Right? I, I don't know how big the brook was. The Bible doesn't tell us. So I can only speculate. So he sees this woman gathering sticks. And the first thing that he asks for is water. Would you bring me some water? Now, she's a good servant because she goes to get it, right? And uh, she's going to get the water. He says, oh, uh, wait a minute. As you go, could you just bring me some bread? She says, well, I only have a handful of flour. Now, this is her vision. This is her mindset. This is what she was thinking. She had death thoughts, but God was going to give her a different picture. Okay? She said, I only have this much flour. I'm going to go make some cakes for me and my son, and we're going to die. That's what she said, because that's what she saw, because that was her mindset. But how many know you can change your mindset? And Elijah said, 
just bake me a cake first. She said, because the Lord said the flour and, and the oil will not run out until God sends rain on the earth. So he painted her a different picture. All right. He, the picture was God's going to make that. God's going to expand the flower. How are you going to do it? I don't know. The flower is just going to keep coming. It's going to be there until it rains because once it rains, she can get crops. She, it took her an instant to change her mind. Because what did she do? She gave Elijah first. Everybody say first. Why? She conformed to the image of the word. She, she took his picture that he painted with the word of God for her. She was looking at a negative picture, but he painted her a positive picture, a better picture. Amen? And she changed her entire situation. Now, she wasn't just making it for her and her son. She was making meals for Elijah, her and her son, many days. Do you want to change your picture tonight? Change the way you look at things? Change the way you think about things? That's when you're going to start having things. That's when things are going to start happening in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. That's what we're talking about tonight. Romans eight twenty nine. If we're not to be conformed to this world, who are we to be conformed of? For whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Say, I got a new image. What's your image? It's the image of a son, of the son. Amen. We need to get a picture in our mind of Jesus. Did, was Jesus ever sick? No. Was Jesus ever down? No. Was Jesus ever poor? No. Yeah, he was made poor so that we could become rich. But when you compare earth to heaven, that's poor. I mean, seriously, if you're leaving a place that has light all the time in the streets of gold and you come down to gravel, that's poor. That's a downgrade. Right? When you, when you, when you leave streets of gold and you come to dusty roads, that's a downgrade. Right? You've got to get the image of the sun. If you need healing, get the image of a healer. If you need victory, get the image of a victor. If you need forgiveness, get the image of a forgiver, a savior. If you need help, get the image of a helper. Picture the Holy Spirit as a butler saying, how can I help you? Amen? Let's get that picture in our mind. Where are we going to find that picture? You got to paint it with the word. The word is the paint that paints the picture. Amen? And that's the picture that we go by. So we're conformed to Jesus. All right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Mm. Go to Second Peter chapter 1. Mm. Glory to God. All right, I got to get to I got to get to the good part. It's all good, but this, it gets better. Second Peter one, verse uh, four. <laughs> Woo! Second Peter one four, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. I have exceeding great and precious promises. Where'd you get them? God gave them to you. Amen. That by these, by these promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature. Everybody say, might be. 
How, how do you change your might be to is? You believe it. Say, I'm a partaker of divine nature. Say, I partake in the divine nature. Say, I share in his divine nature. Think about that. Let that resonate. Think about what you're saying. Divine nature. Divine nature is strong. Divine nature is whole. Divine nature is bold. Divine nature, hallelujah, it believes God. You're a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Through the promises, you get the divine nature, which causes you to live above your circumstance. It causes you to be better than what people thought you should be. Oh, hallelujah. Okay? So, now let's wrap this up. Go back to Romans 12. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. So, be not conformed to this world. You've got to replace the wrong image with the right image. If you've been told you're never going to make it, you need to replace that image. But with an image that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you've been told an image from the doctors that said, we can't help you anymore, you've got to replace that with an image with a greater physician who brings healing. Amen? We've got to stop putting up with what the world gives us. You know, we're living in a fallen world. The world that we're living in is cursed. This earth is cursed. So you don't want to live like it. Why? We want to live like the blessing. Amen? Okay, but be renewed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's time that we go through a metamorphosis. A little caterpillar spins a web. He makes a cocoon. He hides himself in that cocoon. He's getting, he's, he's, he, he ate leaves to make himself strong. And he spins himself in this cocoon. And in that cocoon, he's being transformed. Because over a period of time, I don't know how long of time it is, that caterpillar is no longer a caterpillar. That caterpillar sprouts wings. It changes its body. His body is lighter. He doesn't crawl anymore. He flies. He floats like a butterfly. Amen? He underwent a metamorphosis, a transformation. Right? A little, a little frog doesn't give birth to frogs. It gives birth to tadpoles. The tadpoles don't look like frogs. They look like they got one tail, not legs, right? But that little tadpole, over some time, it starts to develop legs, and it starts to develop strength, and it goes from swimming to hopping, right? And slurping fly shakes. But he undergoes a morphosis. He goes from a tadpole to a frog. 
We go from defeated to victorious. We go from down to up. We go from lost to found. We go to from without a purpose to having a divine purpose. Amen? And this happens by the renewing of our minds. Glory to God. We can renew our spirits. We can renew our strength. Our strength, a Christian's strength is renewable. Wait on the Lord and you shall renew your strength. Amen? We become new creatures. Hallelujah. Uh, Let me pick out one here. Um, Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Where does this renewal take place? It takes place in the mind. Why the mind? The mind is what steers the body. What do you call the helm? The helm of the ship, right? That's the control center, right? That's where the captain is. That's where the wheel is. That's where the navigation system is. It's at the helm, all right? And the helm is just a part of the ship, but the helm directs the direction of the ship. If you're a Trekkie, it's Captain Kirk. Saying, Scotty, I need more power. Scotty says, I'm giving her all she's got, Captain. She can't take much more. I'm an old-time Trekkie, not a new Trekkie. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. Oh, hallelujah. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also. Everybody say also. That ought to get get you excited. Jesus gives raises. He raises us up also by Jesus shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes. That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. All right, verse 16. Here we go. For which cause we faint not. This is the key. Too many people lose their miracle. They lose their blessing because they faint. They quit pressing in. They give up moving forward. They give up seeking it. They, 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 they faint. I'm being a little bit dramatic tonight. I don't know why. Notice a believer doesn't, doesn't faint because we faint not. Say, I don't faint. Say, I press in. Say, if I need a miracle, I get it. I grab hold of it. I make it mine. If I want a blessing, I make it mine. If I need a healing... I make it mine. That's what we got to do. If God created the body, he certainly can fix the body. (laughs) But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man, everybody say the inward man. You got someone on the inside. 
is renewed day by day. Woo! Constant renewal, constant upgrade, constant improvements. The inward man. The outward man is getting wrinkled, but the inward man, he's getting stronger. Amen? The outward man is Clark Kent, but the inward man is Superman. For our light affliction. How many, of you, how many people do you know that are dealing with some stuff calling it a light affliction? Most people aren't calling it a light affliction. You go through something heavy, like, like a, a breakup or a family breakup, you're not calling it a light affliction, but the Bible does. Why? Because it's temporary. Anything in this earthly realm is a light affliction because it's temporary. It doesn't ha- it's not on forever. Your suffering isn't forever. Your pain isn't forever. There's an ending point. Amen? And when you come to Jesus, you can be pain-free. Our light, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory while we look not at the things which are seen. That means you've got to look into the invisible realm. And in order to look in the invisible realm, you need faith glasses. Not binoculars, not a telescope, but faith glasses. Why? Faith sees the invisible. Faith knows that there's a realm beyond this realm. You can't see it, but it's there. He's like scotch tape. You put it on a piece of paper, you can't see it, but you know it's there. So, if you're going through something, you've got to, look at, you've got to change where you're looking. You've got to look at the unseen. What's the unseen? The Word of God. Why? Because when you start seeing it and you start believing it, this is what, this is what becomes a reality now. Amen? Amen? Which are, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are not seen, which the things are, which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Glory to God. The Bible says in Romans 4, that Abraham didn't consider his body now dead. He didn't consider Sarah's womb, which was dead. In other words, he didn't go around saying, boy, Sarah, your womb is dead. (laughs) It's not what he did. Okay, let's go to Romans 4. I'm going to close with this. Romans 4, this is, this is the crescendo right here. Let's look at verse 17, Romans 4, verse 17. As it is written, you need to align your thoughts and your mouth as it is written, not as you feel. Not as the opinions of others, but as it's written. I have made you a father of many nations. When did he make him a father of many nations? Way back in Genesis 12 when he promised him. God communicated his word, which painted a picture of fatherhood to a man who had no children. And then to top it off, 
He changed his name from Abram, and he said, I'm going to call you Abraham. So every time Abraham did a deal, he says, I'm Abraham. He wasn't saying Abraham. He says, I'm the father of many nations. Abraham, father of many nations. 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 How many times do you think he heard the name Abraham? Every time he heard that name, he heard Father of many nations. He saw a picture of nations coming from his womb. Oh, my goodness. Okay? Before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead. Oh, hallelujah. I don't have to consider the dead because I know someone who quickens the dead. I know the resurrection and the power. I know the resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Hallelujah. (laughs) See, if you know someone who quickens the dead, you're not talking about death. You're not even considering death. You're, You're focused on life. And this is what, how he renewed his mind, okay? He calls those things and calls those things which be not as though they are. I, I made you a father of many nations. He called him a father of many nations before he was one. He called Gideon a mighty man of valor when he was hiding in fear. Okay, this is, God did that. All right, verse 18, against hope, believed in hope. There was no physical hope, but he had supernatural hope. That he might become the father of many nations. He might become what was said, what was written, what was talked about of him. Amen. He became what he saw in his mind. That's the renewing of the mind. According to that which was spoken. uh, Yeah. According to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body. Abraham was not checking his body to see if he was okay. Because he knew that he was. Why? Because he had a different picture in his mind. He did not consider his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old. How many 100-year-olds do you know getting ready to build a nursery and a crib? Amen? Amen? Abraham, when this baby's born, you you better change his diaper. (laughs) Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. It wasn't their conversation. It wasn't their focus. You can't talk life. I mean, you can't talk death and get life. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body not dead. Okay, I said that. He staggered not at the promise of God. Say he staggered not. Some people don't receive from God because they stagger. They think it's too good, it's too big, and they don't think that they're worthy to receive. He he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith. How did he keep his faith strong? Giving glory to God. He was constantly praising and thanking God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Say what God promised, he can perform. In any situation, if God promised healing, he can heal. But you've got to see yourself. Don't be considering your body. Consider what he said. 
Renew your mind. Because when you renew your mind, when a sick person starts thinking healing, they're no longer sick, they're healed. When a weak person starts thinking strength, they're no longer weak, they're strong. Wait on the Lord. What does that mean? Just sit around and do nothing? What are you doing? I'm waiting on the Lord. No. Waiting on the Lord means actively serving. Doing something. You know, if you want to receive from an anointing, there's three things you have to do. Observe it, participate with it, and support it. When you observe it, participate with it, and support it, you reap from that same anointing. It's true. Amen? Amen. Be not conformed to this world. Present your bodies. What kind of, what kind of, what do you do? Present your bodies as what? A living sacrifice. Holy acceptable to God, it's our reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world. Why? This world is negative. This world is, this world is run by a liar. Right. Satan is the God of this world. He's called the father of lies. He is lying to people who are in the world system. This, this world system is run by a liar. That's why you don't want to be conformed to this world. But you, so what? You'll be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. Getting information. Getting God's picture. Hallelujah. Getting God's plan. Getting God's wisdom. Getting God's grace. We have the ability to change our mind. And when we change our mind, we change our circumstance. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name. Bless you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we thank you for your word. Thank you for the picture of victory in our life. Thank you for taking us up higher. Hallelujah. Thank you for making us.